Hey everybody, this is Daryl with AfterBuzz TV. I was recently looking to buy a car and thought to myself, there has to be a better way. It's such a stressful process. That's when my friend told me about a new way to buy a car. It's called TrueCar.com. At TrueCar.com, you can actually see what others pay for the car you're looking for in your area so you know when you're getting a great price. Because at TrueCar.com, you get a savings certificate, and you just take that savings certificate to a TrueCar.com certified dealer so you don't need to worry about the hassle and anxiety of the old way to buy a car. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,000 off the MSRP. So seriously, if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free guaranteed savings, a hassle-free experience, and a true car certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car. Come on, save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. Hey there, Mad Men fans. How are you? You know what time it is. You're here at AfterBuzz TV because you want to check out our Mad Men After Show for the mid-season finale. I refuse to call it a season finale because this is all one season split over two years. Who knows why? I guess it really depends on how you define the word season. It's true. Season 7, Episode 7, Waterloo. I'm Matt Lieberman. The whole panel's here. Joe Braswell. Here. I'm Joe Braswell. Yes, Joseph Sanfilippo. Nice here. to be here with you guys. Sterling Cates is here. Hello. And just what a staggering achievement I, I think this episode mm. was. Like one of the finest episodes that Mad Men will ever air. A, a, a really, really standout episode of television. I, I just was gripped from moment one. And, you know, the the ending we'll get into uh, further on. You know, some people really love it. Some critics were very underwhelmed. Uh, well, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please reach out to us on Twitter and on YouTube and iTunes and so on. Um, but you know, let's let's start at the at the beginning. It's where it's where you're supposed to start with Burt Cooper watching uh, Apollo 11 take off, and uh, this whole episode is centered around the moon landing. Which you know, like ever since this series was first you know announced, whenever it was uh, it first premiered. This has always been an event I feel like we've been building to. It's kind of like one of the last major capstones of the most eventful decade, you know, in, in you know, recent American history. And I do like the way, I mean, like, we, we all, Mad Men's known for sort of like taking these historic events and sort of building, not, not, not too gratuitously, but building mm-hmm. these episodes around these wonderful historic events. And it does feel like that the one of the last major events of a very eventful year, historic year, 1969, was the mm-hmm. moon landing. It doesn't get bigger than that, so... Um, I'm, I'm feel like I'm missing something that may come later, but I don't know. So, well, we'll we got six months left on our show to uh, to see, or five months because yeah. they're in July now. So uh, we have until the end of 1969, leading up into 1970. Uh, of course, Burt Cooper, who tragically passes away in this episode, and I don't know how, but so many critics pegged it before the episode aired. Really? Yeah. I had no yeah. Idea. So yeah, many critics predicted that. that Burt Cooper was going to die. Everything else, you know, was was kind of up in the air. But a lot of them pegged uh, Burt Cooper as passing away. I didn't see it coming, and and I'm kind of really shocked at how affected I was yeah. at his passing. And it's kind of re- it's really really beautiful. Not skipping too far ahead, but that he watches the moon landing and he, he's his final words bravo yes. and then he passes the passing of the old guard is this moment which united you know people around the country and around the globe in seeing what our species was capable of and where we could possibly go in the future and to have someone who was decidedly old guard pass on at the same time is kind of yeah, sort of really that moment yeah i think that bravo though is more of like just an old advertising guy like acknowledging saying the right thing at the right time it was just sort of this whole thing of like hmm. like just just like well done with that with, with the line not right. the, with the you know one small step from man, from man when jolly from mankind i feel like that was the bravo like oh that was a that was that, that was, was a, a good line, line you yeah. know? <laughs> like, that's what i got 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like way to stick the landing exactly. on Exactly. I thought it was definitely a very Bert thing to say. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not many people use well, that. At the risk of being argumentative, <laughs> oh, uh, as actually, he, you know, it came out years later. Neil Armstrong misquoted. He pre-wrote sure. that line, and it was yeah. a small step for mankind. Yeah. But uh, but you know yeah we're we're just worth pointing out that if you know I don't know if it was but I'll, I'll take it throw it's things okay. at <laughs> uh, In any case, we're going to get into the moon landing a bit further on in the show. I want to talk about where everyone is emotionally at the top of the show. We've got Ted Shaw, who we haven't really seen much this year. He's just been kind of moping around the California office. You know, uh, earlier in the season, I maybe would have pegged it on having given up Peggy. Uh, and this whole romance that he had in exchange for uh, family security, even when he wasn't really happy in that marriage. But it also appears to be he's just kind of over the grind. He's over-advertising. He's where Don maybe was in season six when he kind of broke down. Yeah. Well, in Los Angeles, I feel like Ted is so irrelevant, and that's Mm -hmm. contributing to his depression. Yeah. I think the office has a lot to do with it, too. I mean, that office looks like a used car sales, a used car lot. It just looks like, it looks like the office you go into when you bought a cart gyms and you went in the back and that, and that was his, like, yeah. his, his, his prefab office. To me, it's like an old school dental office. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Awful. Well, it's also like, you know, what, what Don so brilliantly said at the end, which I think that was, that was Don, that was Don's speech, actually, mm-hmm. when he did at the end, which yeah. is fantastic. But yeah, I mean, so, look. California works well on some people, like like Pete, and not so well on other people. Some people are New Yorkers that just can't. Sometimes that doesn't fit. You know, I've seen mm-hmm. New Yorkers come here all the time and just like they don't, they can't yeah. do it. Don's one of those people. Obviously, Ted's one of those people. Like he needs to be in New York, being creative and not. He needs to be crap. plugged in and working all yeah. the time. The yeah. city that never sleeps. Yeah, you know. Um, so he's in, he's flying. We haven't seen him fly since last year. And he's with the sun-kissed executives and he just cuts the Stop engines engine. and just ruminates on dying. Yeah. And they are freaked yeah. out. Can you imagine anything more terrifying? I don't know if you've ever been in a little Cessna yeah. like that because mm-hmm. they are so small. Like yeah. it is unbelievable how small they are. And it's kind of like a miracle you got three people in it in the first place. Plus the dude next to you is a big dude. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so to start with, you're scared. And when you're in a little plane like that, you don't have the security of a huge jumbo jet. You're already in, no. a, in a nervous, tenuous feeling place. And then you're looking at the guy and you, you realize he's not wearing a uniform. He's not really a pilot. He's, he's all die right kind now. of a pilot. <laughs> and yeah. he's looking for you to shovel. And yeah. To his hair is must. You, and, and you, you're doing business with him. You know he's, he's an advertising guy right. who has a hobby. So you're, you're nervous to begin with. And then he cuts the engine. Oh, God. Yeah, and he's talking about how great it would be to have all your problems just go away. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> evaporate in a huge fireball. <laughs> Um, um, well, and shout out to my to my hometown. My mother lives there, Claremont. Claremont got a shout out in there. So did yeah. Claremont get? Oh, well, he said that's where that's where the fireball's gonna be. Oh yeah, yeah, right, Claremont. Yeah, I'm like, look out, mom. Yeah. Uh, so Ted's, Ted's not happy. He calls or uh, Jim calls him uh, with Pete on the other end of the phone, fuming. Uh, and you know, Jim basically letting him know, you know, the Sunkiss executives they weren't happy about no. that. Um, they're really not happy about it, Ted. Uh, <laughs> And Ted lets Jim know that he intends to resign and that Jim's going to have to buy up his shares and that there's no talking about it. Click. Click. Done. Done. And we don't see him uh, again until the end of the episode. Uh, So Harry Crane, he's being promoted to partner due to the events of this season, and he's haggling over his contract. Poor Harry Crane. Crane. But not poor Harry Crane, because the more I think about it, Harry has always been a weasel. He has. He's but, always been a weasel. He always says the wrong thing at the wrong time. But he's, he's been ascendant, though. Like he's well, I, that's because and, and you I, failed. You fail upwards. No, I think he's been pressured. He was. He was. He was ahead on TV. He was ahead on 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 on, on buys on te- on television buys mm-hmm. on tie-ins and the computer. I think he's been pretty well ahead of everybody else. Yeah. And I think you know, the problem is he's just people don't like him. I think yeah. it's that simple. And they're like, well, I would love likeable. for you to eat it. Right. One of the recaps, I think it might have been the time one. 
Stone. I'm not sure. It said that he's the Jerry Gergich of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I true. I that was so true. I couldn't yeah. have described it better that's, that's, myself. Yeah. You're right. That was time. Yeah. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. 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 That's time. Yeah, except Jerry has never, has never, you know, described someone's wife in like horrifying detail after a Zooby right. Zooby Zoo performance. Right. That, right. that we know of. Yes. Um, in any case, uh, he he's haggling on his contract. He asked Don for some for some advice. He said, you know, sign it, stupid. Sign it. Don't haggle. Sign it. And if he had just taken that advice, uh, he'd be sitting pretty on top of one and a half million dollars yes. in 1969. That's a bummer. Which is seven million dollars of U.S. Uh, of grown up today money. Pow! Nice chunk of change. Too bad, Harry. Snooze, you lose. Zigged when you should have zagged, my man. Yeah. So uh, where's where's the Don in all of this? He comes into the office uh, after after the day after the Apollo 11 launches, and uh, Meredith has some very bad news. And I, I love the character of Meredith. We've been debating about whether or not she's been in the office before this season, but I don't remember her having lines before this year. And um, she's, like, taken it on herself to be, like, Don's, like, secret wife. Like, she kind of sees this, like, odd romantic relationship where there isn't one. I will be your strength. Yes. I just feel like that's Matthew Weiner having fun with it. This is the last season... And she kind of th- comes out of nowhere with this move on Don that was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that, that does happen a lot, though. Sometimes in the workplace it happens. You have this, you know, then you have this sort of, uh, you know, one side, one person seeing it one way, the other person seeing it another way. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for Meredith, I mean, this was like, duh, like, we've we've had a thing this whole time. So Hello? how could you now? Yeah. It's time for me to be here for you. Exactly. Let's, let's, here's the kiss that you need. Yes. yes. Now, now that you're fired, we can finally kiss. So we can yes. finally be together. So, so she delivers the, the, this... The look on Don's face. Yeah. Of just like... <laughs> it, so when she grabs his face and turns it, he's like, well, well, and <laughs> and then like you know, we've never really seen him deny a kiss. I've so never perfectly. seen him turn down yeah. any woman, and so yeah. gracefully, he yeah. was like, we, we we can't do this. Can't do yes, this, this is that. not a thing. Not now. Not now. Not now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So she delivers this breach of contract letter, <laughs> which like brilliant. we've been waiting for weeks because he's. Breached That's his contract that, like yeah. five Eight ways, ways to Sunday. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, Don of course is furious, and he storms into Cutler's office in the middle of a meeting. Of course, uh, and Cutler's like, "Oh, this is Don Draper. He has Get a out. habit of uh, breaking into meetings that he shouldn't be at." And you know, Jim is like the cat that ate the canary. Like it's almost like like a Doctor Claw situ- situation yes. where he's like, "I see you got my note." Well, you know what I, I love about the way he plays that? It, uh, it, it almost seems like he's on the Asperger's spectrum somewhere, like at the very, very oh, end. Definitely. Like he plays him just like there's a, a little bit of just uh, like that last scene. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he just he doesn't seem like he's quite in the flow with everybody else. Shouts no. to Harry Hamlin, man. Oh, yeah. he's so good. He's so good. That's so great on the show. Like he, like he turned to, yeah, he did turn to a bit of a supervillain in, in, that, in that sequence. But yeah, him, him reading Don the Riot Act and finally telling him, like, you're just a football bully. You're a football player yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a in a suit. Yeah. You want to take a swing at me? I, that was just well done. You can yeah. see the simmering anger there. It was it was really beautiful. And of course, Don isn't going to take it. He says, you know, you made that meeting specifically trying to boot me out of the agency in a different way. What was I supposed to do? I couldn't yeah. not go. Uh, so he takes it to Roger. Roger, of course, hasn't seen it yet. And it's suddenly just this gathering of partners in the middle of the office. I got to tell you, that was one of those moments where as, as, as a grown man, roughly yeah. Don's age, I, I don't know what I would have done. And I certainly would not have done what he did. I wouldn't have had the, the wherewithal. Like, yeah. like how, that, those are those moments where I'm like, God, that makes you, it's an awesome character. I tell you this, buddy, but you're no Don Draper. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, and it's Joe. like, he just, he knows what to do. Like, what do you do when this happens? Yeah. Some of us would just break down and be like, oh crap. No. Yeah. Everybody out of the office. Yeah. You're not, yeah. Ta- you're not taking me out of my own company. Not happening. Not Everybody happening. out. I, and I gotta tell you, this is, we've been calling for this for, I don't know, two seasons now, but like, yeah. the whole, when is Don coming back? Don's back. Yeah. And right. he's back, and he doesn't have to be betting a bunch of women, as, as someone was called for, boozing it up heavily, but like, every Everything we saw in this episode from that moment was like, oh, I was just the cheering that we were waiting for. Like, it's like, get you out. You here. Like, that was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Don. Boom, 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 but boom, at the boom. same time, though, there's a definite change in how he approaches Absolutely. other people and how he approaches the work. A lot of the ego is gone. It's Absolutely. not, you can't kick me out of my company because I built this company. It's like, it's... I built this company, and I want to be here to help it thrive. Not, yeah. not you know, like, I'm essential to it, but, like, I don't want to leave, and I don't want to leave these people. Yeah. And his, his scene with Roger later on, I think, reinforces that fact. Sure. Um, but 
another great scene. Well, one thing I think is very really interesting that this that this episode really brings out, and 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 it, it really locks it in by the end. Yeah, is that these are all people now with money that mm-hmm. don't need to be working. That are choosing to work, and I think it's interesting that Matthew Weiner, uh, Weiner, Weiner, beg your pardon. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, it's interesting to me that he that he views that, that, that this is a value that is worth exploring. That mm-hmm. you have the money, yeah. you are you are in the place you we all think we'd like to be, and if we get there, everything will be fine. And they're still choosing to struggle and thrive and and fight. Yeah. And it's been that way for with Bert and and Roger for 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 years, and with Don for years. But everybody else now too, and it's really interesting. It's a realization, especially for guys like Don and Ted, that it's not, and even even Roger to a certain extent, it's not about the money. It, it no. is about the work. It's, yeah. about the, it's, it's about the well, drive. Well, I mean, without jumping too far ahead, the best things in life are free. Yeah, guys. exactly. Yeah, yes. um, love it. And we're we're gonna get more into that. So you know, Don. He's he thinks he's fired. He thinks he's out. They they try to have an impromptu vote right there in the middle of the office, uh, and it's Joan Cutler and Ted versus uh, Don, Roger, Pete, and Bert. Uh, Bert, who still thinks that he's a pain in the ass, but he's on his team. Yeah. So, I don't love how against Joan it is to Don. I yeah. still don't like that. Well, we finally yes. got a firm reason this week. We were, we're reminded yeah. that uh, Don cost her a million dollars. Million five. A million. Or, well, is it a million five? I, it was just a straight million when the company was going to go public, which is which year. is worth seven million in today's yeah. money. So, yes, right. right. So a maybe. lot of money. That, and you know, I've been reading a lot of reviews, and one of the things that came up in a couple of them, and I just want to address, is that Joan seems to have you know, put aside a lot of her moral beliefs in favor of money, perhaps just because she thinks that she's owed it for everything she's given this company. And on some level, maybe is she valuing money that she, you know, is owed her over people, over Don? I mean, maybe. I think it's also, I mean, coming from where she, we talked about the sessions last week, you know, coming from where she, from where she came from, yeah. sort of working very hard to get to where she is, I mean, she's not willing to... I mean, she's fighting very hard for that, and I think that we, I did, we did all forget that. That yeah, a million dollars, like that's you know, she's got a son, she's mm-hmm. in that, that crappy apartment with like, her mom, with her mom. She's trying to make you know, she doesn't want to depend on a man. She already went through that as we talked about last last. So a million dollars and Don's just swaggering around, like yeah, I, that's a, that's a grudge holding offense right there. I think so. Absolutely. Even though it did, it did make me very upset. I'm like, come on, Joan. Yeah, but I, I, I do understand it. But, she, but, team, yeah. so. but yeah. they, he gave us he gave us the nod though when she turns around to Jim and says, "You shouldn't have done that." Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's very and Jones very much like, you know, I'm I don't I want him out of here, but you shouldn't have done that. That's gonna be mm. bad. Yeah, it was that a low was blow. Dumb. Yeah. yeah. He he pushed just a little too far. He could have been fine, but he had to upset the balance. Yeah. And then Roger found his his inner Roger, you know, Sterling Sr., or whoever his father was who founded this company with Bert, he found his inner leader. Yes. Bert in his final act challenges Roger. We're gonna I keep getting ahead of myself, yeah, and no, I apologize to everyone. Uh, all right, before we get into uh, into Don and his uh, divorce call, which is amazing, and Peggy and all the rest, I just want to talk quickly about iTunes. You know, folks, we really appreciate all your support uh, for this show and for AfterBuzz TV. Um, and if if you are a fan, you're you're probably aware that uh, episodes may not have been appearing on iTunes uh, for the last couple of weeks. We had uh, a small issue with our uh, with our server, uh, the people who were supposed to keep all of our episodes online. It has been resolved, and uh, service will resume uninterrupted. And I'd like to apologize to those fans who, you know, were, were upset by that. It was out of our control. We did everything that we could to uh, resume service, and uh, everything should be back to normal uh, as of this posting. I want to thank you all for your support and for continuing to watch and listen to our podcast. And if there's ever an issue in the future, not that there should be, you can always find our podcast on YouTube uh, on the AfterBuzz TV channel. Um, yeah. So Don, thinking that he's fired, he uh, he calls Megan, uh, and it's kind of a nice parallel between Peggy's scene as she's trying to decide what to wear, and Don, he's looking at this suitcase, he's got a bunch of suits, he's thinking, and he gives Megan a call for, you know, just to check in or to maybe get some input or some... Let her know that he's being fired again. Who looked pretty darn happy on that balcony right. in Laurel Canyon in a sunbathing. Yeah. <laughs> script. She's pretty content. You yeah. know? She's having she's having a great day. She's gonna go see the Wild Bunch yeah, with she's Jill. Yeah. A movie. yeah. Obviously. Um and, you know, Don lets her know, you know, maybe I should see this as an opportunity. Um uh and it there's kind of like this weird like dual thing happening where he's saying, you know, I'm being I'm being let go. Uh 
but maybe, you know, this will be good. Like, I don't have to work with them anymore, but I can move on, and this is an opportunity. And it's signaling what's about to come, this divorce talk, which is so beautifully underwritten. Mm -hmm. You don't need much. Because we've had this whole season to explore why their marriage was definitely going to end and why they both... For their own reasons, wanted out. Right. Um, you know, Megan especially. You know, we talked about it last week the fondue pot. Yeah, the fondue pot. Oh, Final story about that, that fondue pot. So, uh, <laughs> no, I agree. Very, very wonderfully underwritten and really affecting. I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit. I teared up. You know, I got a little misty about three times in this episode, and that that one really affected me. Just, just that. You know. That that moment, like sort of knowing, but not having to say anything, and also the acceptance right. by by both of them, and she's just kind of like quiet and it's, gets, pours a glass of wine. It's the I'm here when she says I'm here. That was that was to me. That was the end of it. It's like man, like, like she, oh, he's I'm like here. he's like, hello, and it, it, just that, just that, yeah. I'm here. I'm I heard here. you. I mean, yeah. it was so, ah, yeah. and that was so. I mean, for those of us who've been who who've had you know that whole thing happen sure, and, and sure. time to move on and. And that that moment on that phone, that is a legit real thing. Yeah. And that long pause can kill you. It's yeah. affecting. And then, it, well, he asks her, you know, uh, do you want me to move out there? Is that what you want? Don. She pours a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Crickets. Oh. <laughs> Crickets. Oh. Oh. As my heart was like, oh. Yeah. And I actually, was, I thought it was mercifully underwritten. Because when, when she poured that glass of wine, I was like, oh, here we go. I yeah. can't. I can't go through a painful, long mm-hmm. ordeal on this phone, and it was perfect. But it's like, do we really have to say it? Do we no, really have to yeah. say it out loud? And he said, "Well, I'll always take care of you." She's like, "You don't, you owe don't me owe anything. me anything. Yeah, no. just, just go." Is it, but until is, I'll be okay, because well, until you are, I'll, I'll right? Be here. Yeah, it's just really well, sweet. And I love the dynamic between the two of them. Like you said, she looked uh, very good on the on, on the balcony. Understatement. Uh, understatement. And he looked a little shabby, you know. He looked, yeah. you know, he looked. He was tired, and he was his shirt was was rumpled up, and he was sitting there with his collar open, and kind of looking like who he is—a middle-aged mm-hmm. ad guy, mm-hmm. you know, good-looking middle-aged mad guy, but mad ad guy, but a uh, but, but know, still middle-aged man, sure. right? And and here's the gorgeous woman on on the uh, on the balcony in Laurel Canyon, and there's a very different universes. Yeah, yeah. the you know artificial zenith of his life, like the zenith of life, let's say compared to everyone else on the planet. Uh, has probably passed. Yeah. He's on, you know, he's on the wrong side of forty, and things are just are potentially could just get worse. You need to be very slow and easy about that wrong That's side right. of what. Well, take it easy, pal. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Look over your left shoulder. You got the wrong side of somewhere. No, just like in, in comparison to the other people in the rat race chasing the cheese, the same way that sure. he has. Uh, but potentially things are looking up by the end of this episode. Um, just a great, great scene. Uh, okay, I want to talk about. It's one, it's one last thing. One, 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 one last thing. thing. No, one more thing, but, but it was it was oddly, oddly also oddly freeing for Don because I feel like you know all this you know garbage about you know him and Megan, which was which was great for him, but it was sort of artificial. And even yeah. the Peggy Don was. I mean, that's right. The uh, the. Um, uh, Betty? Yeah, Betty, thank you. Betty Don was artificial to a certain certain extent. Um, now it's like he's sort of free to be Don and sort of live his creative life, and yeah. that was very evident as we as we saw the, the back half of that episode. But mm-hmm. so it was also a moment of like, look, let Megan be happy on the balcony with reading her scripts and seeing the Wild Bunch in a bikini, right. and you go be Don Draper. It's not that bad, everyone. So I felt yeah. that too. He realizes in his pitch to Ted, we we see it, you know, written outright that work is what drives him. He needs to work. It doesn't matter where he works, but he needs to work. That's why he gets out of bed in the morning, you know, and it's creative fulfillment versus, you know, any particular partner that's going to give him, you know, what he's always wanted, perhaps. I mean, he still has a lot of introspective journey to go in the back half of the season, uh, and we're going to talk about our predictions for that later on. So, Peggy, right? She she comes home to a strange, swarthy, handsome man in her apartment, uh, doing up her ceiling. Yes, um, and, and he's sweaty. Yeah, he's very sweaty. He's sweaty. Uh, he's it's hot. Swarthy. I like swarthy. Right. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely been in it, and uh, you know the ceiling. He, oh, yeah. He gives her he gives her his number. She's like, "Hey, listen, man, I'm not going to pay you unless you finish the job." He's like, "Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa." If, it's uh, my number. Yeah. If, uh, if Kaz can't do anything for you, just let me know. Small jobs. And that was that cool moment where she was uh, obviously a little smitten when she saw him. Mm-hmm. But then when he goes, oh, you live, when he found you live alone. Oh, you live alone. And then and that's what she like got to her defensive mode. Like, well, I'm not going to pay you. Like, I'm capable. That's when yeah. she got to that mode. And he's like, no, it's my number. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and it was neat on a couple levels. Like, number one, he was, he was a good looking guy and she enjoyed that. But it was also that, you know, you're, you own the building. 
And I'm not going to judge that you're a woman who owns a building. I don't care about that. I just need some work. So if you need some help, call me up. I'll be happy to help. Yeah. And that was it. That was the beginning, middle, end of the conversation. And, and she had that moment of satisfaction. Like, that is it. Okay, mm-hmm. I own the building. Yeah. That's it. There's also that weird sort of insider awkward moment where he's like, oh, your son. She's like, my son? How do you know about that? I mean, no. Oh, this guy? No. No, that's not (laughs) Let's talk about her relationship with Julio, right? Because we've kind of seen this on the periphery this season. She's got this uh, neighbor whose uh, son comes and hangs out and watches TV with her. And it's, in a way, it's touching on this maternal side of her that long since has been extinguished. Right. Uh, in in the wake of giving up her baby, well, Julio is about the same age as what her son would be now, right? About, Roughly. I mean, it was, I she like would have had filling that void. That yeah, she, she would have had uh, her baby in late 1960. Uh, it's 1969 now, so yeah, about eight nine years old. And I think it's also her realizing the sacrifices that mothers have to make when he says her, his mother doesn't love him, mm-hmm. and then she says, "No, you're moving because." Because she loves you. Yeah. And I think she understood that maternal sacrifice that she made, and that's why she gets teary. Yeah. That's what I got from it. Do you think this is her coming to terms with it, or do you think that maybe this has awakened a potential curiosity about about what happened to her child? Well, one of the things I really love about a well-written show is that sometimes the characters don't know why they're doing something. Yeah. Sometimes the characters aren't you aren't actively aware that this has become a maternal outlet for me, or this is because I, I care about this kid far more than the neighbor down downstairs landlord relationship should be. Yeah. And it's because I have this hole. And and so I, I love I love the way that worked out because she came to that realization as she's holding him and petting his hair and she's crying like she uh, you know even if she realizes it I don't know if she does but like that uh, that to me is such a well written moment and mm-hmm. such a well acted moment because this is I want you here instinctually I don't necessarily know why yeah right you know yeah. I think that there's a little bit of God I hope that my child has someone like me mm-hmm. right now yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. And I I hope that someday they understand why I did what I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But I I think it's a very moving moment, and I'm very, very curious to see where this spins Peggy off. I mean, obviously, it's not as significant as her career success um, later on in the episode, but a a very, very touching, significant moment, I think. Absolutely. Agree. Yeah. So uh, everybody boards the plane on the way to Indianapolis. To go pitch Burger Chef, and uh, you know Harry, uh, Harry and Peggy are in there. They extinguish their cigarettes, and um, you know Peggy crosses herself as they're about to take off. And Harry's like, "What'd you do that for?" Now I'm freaking out. Uh, and then we go up to Don and Pete, a few rows ahead, and you know Pete's t- pitching out this like pie in the sky vision of what's going to happen. You know, like, hey, you know, we're going to make sure you're going to be sticking around. Okay, we're going to get this Burger Chef thing. You are the king of the pitch, you know, and and everything is going to be just fine. And then, you know, hey, why don't you you could probably move out to California. You know, we could do a whole thing. And and Don's like, there's there's no reason for me to come out to California. Um, And it always it's like it's embarrassing. It's hard to like the first time you're telling someone that uh, a long relationship is over. There aren't quite. The words. Well, again, that scene was just also beautifully underwritten. It's just mm-hmm. not. He's like, "Well, how, how's Megan? Megan? Megan doesn't want to talk about Megan." And mm-hmm. he looks over like, and gives oh. a <laughs> Pete delivers that wonderful line: "Marriage, Marriage is, is a, a racket." racket. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I just like right to the commercial. I just laughed in the commercial. Love it. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, okay, so meanwhile, uh, the Francis residence is having guests yes. for a chance. Uh, it is. Carolyn, uh, who is one of Betty's old uh, college friends and her family, and um, she's got two boys, uh, two boys who are named Neil and Sean. Sean, the big strapping one, and Neil, you know, the sweet nerdy, nerdy guy. guy. Did, didn't it look for a second like Betty wanted to eat Sean? Didn't it? Didn't it? In the yeah, what? When she, she in the kitchen, the shirtless. Yeah, yeah. And just she a little bit. Tells him to call her by her first name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Betty. Why, why, yeah. It's Betty. It's Betty. Why, why wouldn't she? Like oh. he's a. Good yeah. boy. And, you know, Sally, of course, has the same reaction. Yes. Like, holy crap, that is in my house. Yeah, um, and for the first time, you know, Sally, who I feel like kind of like shunned the, you know, the makeup and the hair and all the things that I think she attributes to her mother and how her mother derives her own happiness. Now, all of a sudden, with this guy in her orbit, 
She starts putting on lipstick. She did, and she did the do. She did yeah. the do. Now, the, I got I to gotta say, that cannot be easy. No. And I would imagine the first I time. I don't even know how to do that. How do you yeah. do that? First time you do I'm that and she didn't screw it up? That's impressive. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then she's what? She's going to get into a pool and right? ruin it? Well, you got to think, too. How long does that do take? You have to be in the bathroom. Nobody can come in here while I figure out how in the hell does this floppy yes. thing happen. And then yeah. you got to get it just so with the hair. Just the for the one four-second brush by in the kitchen. has in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, felt very much like this is Sally's sort of Sally's all grown up episode. It was Sally's sort of like, you saw the hormones going, you mm-hmm. saw everything else which led up to the... The, 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 the kiss later, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, you know, she's obviously, she's got a thing for him. And, and Betty, to her credit, doesn't put a stop to things or doesn't overreact. She understands what it is. And I think she's honestly, in a perverse way, a little proud yeah. that Sally's taking an interest. I was happy she didn't call her out in front of everyone. Yeah. Right? Really I thought that was going to happen, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, kinda did did, yeah, kinda I did, too, because I felt like Betty was a little jealous of Sally in that yeah. moment. That Sally could get this cute little boy, and yeah. mm-hmm. Betty but, can't. <laughs> but also, we've seen we've seen so much of Betty the Ice Queen, and 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 you wonder are, are there ways that you know, Betty, you know, Betty can connect and relate to her children, and this is this, this is, is one. It, it's yeah. always like, oh well, I do have a girl, and I am Betty, I know how to be a girl, so yeah. this is this is. Well, cool. I, I think you it's know? also reflective of where Betty's at too, because if if it was Fat Betty, I would imagine she'd have been hostile and angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's 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 hot Betty again, and yeah. so. Yeah, Betty, Betty's a Betty. True. And so. it, this scene has one of my favorite lines in why, the entire episode. Why are you shaking episode. your head at me? What? Just, uh, his his, his, fat, his obsession fat with Fat Betty and Hot Betty. Betty. As if Fat Betty is this No, wait, was, was, <laughs> wait a second. Now, people feel good when, they're, when they look good. I know. but I And just, all I'm saying it's is... It's not universal. All right. I just... Anyway. Yeah. Okay. In any case. <laughs> this, be careful there, pal. This scene had one of my favorite lines in the whole episode. When Carolyn's like, I have to ask... Do you still talk to Don? Yeah. Like in this kind of like hushed, reverent tone right, of like, like still like, remembering the beefcake that she yeah, made. Yeah, he was hot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Uh, and, you know, Betty says, no, I, I think of him less and less. And honestly, um, it, now I think of him as someone a teenage anthropologist would marry. Yeah. And that was just like the funniest, like most interesting way, I think, to describe uh, her relationship. I Granted, do we know if Betty had a, had a degree in anthropology? Or like, or was working on one uh, when she was at school. I don't know. The Gregory is a great line. It's yeah. a great like one line way to describe the relationship and nothing. Exactly. It it wasn't really about you know love. He was just he was that impressive guy. Right. right. Seemed like a very good uh, DNA yeah. donor. Exactly. <laughs> but not to pass. So later on, everyone is watching the moon landing. We have this moment of connection as everyone around the country is watching the exact same thing. And at the Francis residence, we've got uh, Sean on the floor, thoroughly unimpressed. And he has this cynical attitude of, like, it cost us $25 billion to watch a guy put a footprint somewhere that no one's going to be while people are starving. You know, what's the point? And, you know, Sally is still, I think, in this mode of... I want to be with this guy. I like this guy. I'm adopting his attitude because I want to be the guy that he wants. Or I want to be the girl that he wants. Um, and what, well, I'm glad they had that scene in there because it was yeah, it, there wasn't a moment of wonder and hope and everything else. But you saw a segment of young people and teenagers who were still like, you know, we've got problems, we've got real problems here back on Earth. So what's mm-hmm. all this hoopla? But so you had the balance of like, wow, from the Burt Cooper all the way down to this young guy who was kind of like the full spectrum. That was kind of neat. Yeah. Well, what I like about it is, you know, Don calls her. Uh, he calls uh, the house and she talks to him and, and he's like, isn't that something? And she's like, uh, not really. I mean, you know, people are going to be going there all the time while people down here are starving. And we're watching at home like, yeah. Uh, um, am I the only one that is like secretly, oh, not secretly, I am like totally ashamed of where we are right now, space program wise. Yeah. It's just pitiful. Yeah. Like you look back at 1969, you're like, the, the, the ascendancy and the hope, and here we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if the Russians give us a ride, we get to go. It's yeah. cool. And then maybe the guy down in Hawthorne, he can make a ship. But I, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. problems down here. But, you know, Don's like, don't don't be cynical. Don't be that person. No one wants to be that person. And that's not how you really feel, is it? She's like, no, it's not how I really feel. Yeah. And she goes outside to smoke her cigarette, you know, where no one will judge her. And uh, Neil, not really judging her, but just saying, you know, smoking causes cancer. She puts mm-hmm. her cancer stick away. And and she's like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm looking at Polaris. 
I'm man, I gotta tell you, my man's got that crazy telescope game. Mm-hmm. Come check out Polaris, baby. <laughs> well, but that's the thing is like you've got to me, it's a very interesting dichotomy because you've got Sean, who is the kind of person that a teenage anthropologist would marry. Sure, you know, good looking, you know, football player probably, who you know maybe isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, and maybe he doesn't have the best view of the world, who a view that might be kind of poisonous to somebody who has, I think, a lot to offer, like Sally. And then you've got this guy Neil, who yeah. He's not the most athletic dude, but he is cute, and he is sweet, and he has optimism, and he's thinking about the larger world, and he doesn't want to listen to people droning on about about something. They don't. He doesn't want to listen to the reporters. He just wants to look at the beauty of the world. This is where where, where Sally can make that left turn from Betty. Like you know, yeah. Betty, maybe young Betty would have taken the she did take the the you know the teenage route the the hot guy, but she went out and talked to you know fell for the Polaris game. It's yeah, pretty strong. And she made his she made his decade. She right. made the entire sixties worthwhile to yeah. Neil in that one moment. What 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 do I do? What do I yeah, do now? Again, like, yeah. Now game, you get your game, button to bed, Neil. He had a very <laughs> strong game, but then like every every man he. Knew nothing to do. No, nope. knew, knew not what to do when it all happened. He's like, oh, nothing. Now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, so who else is watching watching this landing? We've got uh, the Burger Chef team of uh, Harry and Pete and Peggy and Don watching the hotel room. Uh, Indiana is dry. Uh, at night or at, on, on Sundays? Sundays. 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 Uh, on Sundays. And, uh, so she only has two beers to offer, one for her and one for Don. Yeah, the and rest of y'all are on your own. Harry, Harry can't catch a break. Yeah. Harry and Pete get no love. Two beers? Two beers? <laughs> like Suck Harry. it. I love the, the array of reactions to the landing in this room because, like, Harry just looks stricken like, oh god, it's all over. Like, there's like this, if you watch it back, he's just like, like, he looks like, Dread almost. I don't understand why. Well, no, but he did stand up and was very happy that you know when it yeah. happened. And I, I, also, like in that moment, I was very much transported back to that moment. Not that I was alive. I know I'm old, but not that old. But I was transported to that moment because you did right, 15, really, 16? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You you literally had no <laughs> idea like if what they, it's what's going to happen. Yeah. Is it quicksand? Is it solid? Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to explode? Like is it going to like what's going to happen? And so that that drama was really felt there. It was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool, and I love how it affected everybody. Most of, uh, most of which, Bert, who says his lone bravo, and then disappears from our screens. Roger is uh, is with uh, Brooks and his grandson, and uh, and Mona. that's a great scene, by the way. That yeah. was terrific. Yeah, you know the, the 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 older folks stepping in and taking over and and, and doing what needs to be done mm-hmm. while uh, whilst his daughter is still I, I, I guess in the commune. Yeah, she's still at the commune. Um, but, meanwhile, back at the commune. <laughs> but Roger is kind of like he's. Uh, I agree. He's taking care of business. He's ha- having to spend time around his ex-wife. They don't get along, but they're united in the cause of giving their grandson, you know, a, a stable family. He's got the helmet on. Yeah, he's got the helmet on. He's, he's got the helmet on. Yeah, and he's locked under Grandpa's arm. Great. And uh, you know, Roger gets a call. Oh, oh man. Yeah. You know. Oh, um, word. Stephen Lemieux doesn't like exactly. Yes. Oh, swear word. And uh, and he goes back to the office, and we know what happens because he slides Bert's yeah. nameplate yeah. out from his door. Oh, very well done. Oh. Wait, who was, who was Bert? Was Bert with, like, who was? Bert was with his maid. His maid. Was he with his housekeeper, was he with yeah. With his housekeeper or was he just with his housekeeper? No. I think that's, like, just his no, family. Bert, uh, yeah. I, I think that's uh, yeah. the only person Yeah, Bert doesn't have a sex drive anymore. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I can't remember what the exact reasoning for it was, but there was actually a reason given okay. for why he just was not interested right. in uh, those pursuits anymore sure. um, a few seasons back. In any case, um, Bert is passed on, and Roger's there. Joan comes and embraces him. Um, how tragic. And then Jim comes in and again, perhaps on the spectrum, he's like, uh, I'm sorry, death. Roger. He was a giant. Anyway, firing Don. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Asperger's sliding scale. So, so <laughs> insensitive. Somewhere on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Roger, of course, is aghast at this reaction. Um, but of course, he also knows when he's been licked to a degree. Um, because they no longer have the votes to keep Don in the company. Right. Earlier that day, he and Bert had kind of had a last meeting where, uh, you know, Roger was trying to convince Bert, you know, we got to get rid of Cutler. We got to do something. You know, let's, let's, let's make this work. And Bert's like, you know, 
you know what, Roger, you have talent and you have ambition and you have charisma, but you're not a leader. Yeah. Um, I'm a leader and I care about my team. Don's a pain in the ass, but he's on my team. I'm going to take care of him. Um, Jim is a leader because he has a vision for this agency. He knows where he wants to take it. You know, a computer and Harry Crane and yeah. surgically Jesse precise media vibes. Harry Crane, good line. <laughs> but, yeah. but he's not on my team. No, he's not on my team. Um, and uh, he talks about, they talk about Napoleon, mm-hmm. um, which I saw, uh, the Hollywood Reporter, they compared Cutler to Napoleon in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Roger is uh, understandably upset, and he's like, oh, so, you know, another cup of coffee, another piece of apple pie, and he walks right out, oh, yeah. and he's really, really bothered by his last encounter with Bert. He calls Don, and he's like, you know... <laughs> What what is it about old men talking Not about Napoleon? That's great. That's great. It always means they're right about to die. Um, but I feel like we, you know, with Roger, obviously we we know now. I mean, you know, Bert, I mean, very Yoda like, a very Obi Wan Kenobi like, gave Roger all the tools he needed to. In, in in that last meeting, he gave him all the tools he needed to become the king, to to, to mm-hmm. become the guy. So he took, even though he was very distraught and walked out, like he had, you know, he had all the tools and he used those tools to go and make some moves. Yeah, uh, which like. Do we think Roger can be a leader? Like, even oh. with, like, a nice bit of sage advice, well, the guy has always been all potential and, and well, very little. Well, let me, let me ask you this, because, I mean, this this whole season, we've seen that really dramatic, uh, I think it's a dramatic shift from, from you know, Roger uh, the last few seasons being basically the perpetual kid, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, just being never really taking responsibility for anything. Up into his heart attack, you know, was that three, two seasons ago? He had a heart attack and... and, and uh, even that didn't really stop him. Yeah. You know, he still goes, to, he's been going on this hippy dippy trip for the mo- majority of this season, right up until the time he goes to the commune with his daughter. And it seems to me, I think this, th- that becomes that falling in the mud in his three piece suit, I think is a, is a transitional point for Roger. You know, and, and he sees that he has to take care of his grandson. Mm-hmm. He has to, he has to do so much more than he expected to. And he's doing it. I mean, and, I, go ahead. And I think that, 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 that in his, his self pity moment on the phone with Don, I'm gonna lose you too. You know that I think that was his. That was the, I, I want to say the final bounce right before he kind of becomes this guy he can be. Sure. You know, I mean, to me, the, you know, obviously this, this this now we know this uh, entire series is about transformations, and we've seen transformation. We talked about the transformation of all the women, and we see Don going through this dramatic transformation, but uh, and even Betty. But now, I mean, like the you know, it's Roger. Like we haven't really seen Roger go go through this transformation. I really do believe this is his moment. I agree with you, Joe, to come out of this other end as this new Roger. I mean, he's right. been through a bunch of. Ish, as we've seen through the entire '60s. I mean, look, the '60s is a transform is a transformative decade in general. So mm-hmm. now that we know that the show is essentially about the '60s as well, it takes place in the '60s. That I mean, I think that this is also Roger's transformation. I do, so I do believe he's going to. I trust mind. Roger to be a leader and to step up and make it happen. Okay, I have positive things Me to too. say about Roger. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so in any case, uh, Roger, you know, takes this moment. And he goes and he decides to make a move. He calls up Jim Erickson over at McCann, and uh, he calls his bluff. You know, uh, last week in the uh, in the men's steam room, uh, Jim was sniffing around about Buick, and Roger calls him on it. He's like, uh, you know, Buick's going to come to us. These are the reasons why. So let's cut the crap and let's talk turkey. And Jim's like, okay, we want the team behind Chevy. Uh, and he's like, well, uh, you're in the acquisitions business. How about this? You buy 51% of our company. We remain independently operated. Uh, you get all of that team, but we lose all this CGC garbage. Hmm. And Jim's like, that almost works, but you need Ted Shaw because GM sees Ted Shaw and Don Draper as one person. Yeah, one creative guy. Yeah. Those, those are the kind of – this is another evidence that Roger is like – got his mojo back and also ready to be a leader because frankly those are the kind of old school backroom deal that's, that's how things get done like mm-hmm. we'll bring the guy in here for some coffee early morning and let's just cut all the crap let's just me and you let's talk this thing out and let's get it done right here at this table and that was great that, that's something that like only I feel like only Roger Sterling could have done you know? I know but I want more uh, as a person you can't have like one shining moment a year I mean maybe we all do maybe that's actually a, a, a great 
hitting record in terms of like you know the grand scheme of actual life yeah. versus Don Draper who's hitting him out of the park on a regular basis or Peggy or somebody who's who's always on their game he had his moment with uh with GM where he got them an audition with Chevy you know by hanging out at the airport and he has this you know he gets maybe one a year and I don't know if that's enough to be president of a company I I, I wonder if this isn't part of it I, you know we've got I know people that whose dads are super impressive alpha guys yeah and are, are just legends in their field and 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 paragons of everything and and i think that roger is is you know if 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 stir if senior was so much i think there's a certain uh a certain uh a thing that can happen to you where you go you know i'm, I'm not even going to try that i'm going to just be cool i'm going to be clever i'm going to be funny i'm going to be charming i'm going to have a great time mm-hmm. and i'm going to be good at making money maybe but it's going to be kind of a casual thing but as far as trying to be dad i'm going to try don't need to try don't need to because if i compete with that i might lose so not going to do it. And so right now it seems to me that he might be in a position to go, you know what, I don't need to compete with Dad. I just need to make a decision here to do this. Well, not only that, I think there's something to be said about the fact that Roger Sterling is, I mean, he's already, like I said, he's, he's already the, sorry, he has a company. He's helped build a company. I mean, he didn't just fall, you know, he didn't just walk into this job. So all he really has to do is every now and then remind people that he's Roger Sterling and remind us. So maybe that once a year for him is great. It's like, you know, I've already done it. I already have a great company, but just in case you forgot, I can still do this. Right. Or when we're when we're about to go down, I'll step up. And that's all you really need a leader to do is at that moment is sort of like put your people in a position to win and if something's gonna go bad, you step up, you fix it. And that's what Burt Cooper did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now in a decidedly undone draper move uh, at least the, the Don that we've come to know, who is all about uh, his success and his image and his opportunity and his ability to sell something and his importance to the company. He goes to Peggy and he's like, listen, they're going to kick me out of this company. If I go in there tomorrow and I win Burger Chef and I almost wanted him to say, and believe me, I would, <laughs> uh, you know, you would have nothing. I would leave the company and you wouldn't have that business. But if you win Burger Chef, then you get it, even if I'm not there. And Peggy's like, no way. No, I'm not going to. You've never even seen me pitch. You don't know how good it is. He's like, I, I've heard some things. Um, and, I, I believe in you. Yeah, I believe in you. And uh, in just a few hours, they put together the most wonderful presentation. She <laughs> just absolutely nails this scene. It's Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it was it was carousel esque. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was yeah. very very beautiful. And again, like that was my second time. Actually, had my little misty moment. And again, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But like, yeah, that that beautiful pitch and knowing how nervous she was and when it was shot, that slow motion, kind of like. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, she was. It was pitch perfect in every way. And Don's the only one paying her any attention. Right, he's looking at her in that moment. And first of all, and, and shots of Don for giving a perfect Don Draper introduction. Yeah, right. what Set a up. great introduction. I'm like, well, well that's 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 that feels her. Right. It was her verbatim. Yeah, yeah. But he delivered it because he's Don Draper like perfectly mm-hmm. but then that moment where uh, you know she's doing well and the guy's like that's beautiful you know like, and, well, and Don looks at Don gives her that look I was like oh no yeah, that's lovely I was I was concerned for a second because he's like shaking his head a little bit before he says it's beautiful yeah. so I'm like oh god no there's no way you can't not like this oh good yeah. but it's like it's finally she has arrived he has accepted her not just as a protege but as a partner yeah. on on his level. You know what was great about that pitch, at least from my point of view, is I'm watching the, the show and my kitchen table is six feet from my TV. Mm-hmm. And when it is dinner time, the kids want no part of it, and it's yeah. and it's a fight. And it's it was very and, and I'm hearkening back to when I was a kid and there were four of us and mom and dad and it was a flipping zoo. And there is something to be said for going right. outside and being in the well-lit place where you have to acknowledge each other. There's sure. no distractions. I, I, it was really well done. Polaris no. over the news, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Yes. 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 I mean, there's also just, again, the the what a masterful pitch it was because we know at the end of the day, what burger chefs are hardies. So, I mean, they made it seem like, you know, this magical place where family takes place, but it's it's, it's a burger joint. So, it's, again, what a, what, a, what a masterful job of how it advertises and how it affects us. Because even you're like, yeah, I need a burger chef. Yeah, right? And, 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 no, no, no. and I, I think I, <laughs> I, sent you, chef? I sent you guys the email. We found the, they, they, uh, somebody went out and found the, sh- the, the, the actual burger chef that they did. It was in yeah. Rialto, yeah. was it? Yeah. It was? Yeah. And I mean, I, there's a part of me that wants to drive out there. there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'll check it out, man. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Shout, yeah. out, shout out to the uh, Illinois Empire for uh, starting all the you know the burger chains, McDonald's and Burger Chef and In and Out. That's just get Sorry. it, Inland Empire. <laughs> <That's all>. So <laughs> uh, everyone returns home, and uh, Don returns home to find Roger Sterling on his doorstep. 
Uh, how'd you get in here? Money. But he wouldn't let me in the door. Oh, what a great line. <laughs> great line. In fact, in fact, that whole back and forth between those two guys, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, right. like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, that is great. I yeah. loved it. So Roger lays out this grand master plan. You know, like, McCann's going to buy us out. I know you hate McCann, but just listen. Um, you know, and Don's like, why should I? Why should yeah. we do this? We don't want to be with McCann. We we started this whole company to not be with McCann. Right. And, you know, Roger gets really emotional and he's like, because we have to stop Jim Cutler from dismantling this agency. He won't be happy until it's him and, and, and Harry Crane and a computer. Another great line. And, you know, <laughs> we have to save these people. We have to take care of these people. And, uh, you know, is that Roger, is that Roger in that moment, you know, feeling misty over Bert? Or is he really, you know, thinking about all these other people? Is it maybe how, uh, his relationship has changed with his grandson and having to take care of him and being responsible for him and now feeling responsible for the other people? But I want to talk about how that affects Don because Don has never been about the other people. He's been about his own personal success. He's been kind of about his kids, maybe. Not really. Not really. Not really. You know? Um, but he was finally, in that moment, doing something completely unselfishly for Peggy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then having how that felt, and then realizing that he's kind of responsible for these other people, too. And he's going to do something for these other people. He still gets to do the work. Yeah. You know? It's not a perfect scenario. It's not his name on the door. But he gets to do what he loves, guaranteed, for five years. With the people he loves, frankly. With the people that he loves. Another transformative moment. I mean, between, you know, the selfless moment he gave to Peggy, you know, um, even between that, you know, that, that phone call with Sally, so that, that relationship is, mm-hmm. is still there, to the moment with Peggy, to this final, this moment with, um, with Roger, and then realizing that, you know, yeah, this, this is my family after going through the horrible sort of divorce scene with Megan. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot happened in this episode to him. And last mm-hmm. episode, he talked to Peggy about how he worries about how, He'll end up alone, and how yeah. he won't leave anything behind. So I think this whole, all of these selfless acts are him being aware well, that he has a legacy to leave and yeah. relationships to. Well, you know, it, it, it is it is so interesting to me. It, it seems like so much of this show is 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 the idea of your your relationships and giving yourself to other people versus your work and yourself. And it seems like Don is so obsessed with himself, and and uh, and like even when he shares with his kids. He's letting them see him, but it's not about them. It's still about him. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, and I think that what's fascinating to me is how we all associate so strongly with Don, and we all like Don so very much, but the character doesn't really share, doesn't really, uh, very, it's, it's so rare that, that the character makes a selfless act. And it's so, it's so rare that we're actually talking about him. And it's, and it's interesting what that says about us as a culture and what it says about him and how he's become a hero to us almost mm-hmm. when, when his involvement is so deeply in, 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 with himself. And it's interesting to see Roger sitting with his grandson in a way that Don never really sat with his kids. Yeah. And in the way that Don doesn't sit with his kids now. Yeah. And just that moment where it's not about you, Don, it's about these kids. And, and it's a totally different universe. Even his relationship with Megan, I'll always take care of you. That's that's more for him than her, and she knows it. Yeah, and she, you don't owe me anything. It's fine because it's not about her, and she knows that. It's about him and his guilt and, 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 and being feeling taken good. Care of is yeah. so much more than financial. Absolutely, for, as, you know, as a woman. So those <laughs> moments, but there's moments where he gets to take care of other people. Are they're more like Dick Whitman than Don than Don Draper because he took care of his is. Uh, uh, I can't think of the, the gal with the baby who's who's pregnant. What is her name? Um, his, his niece, niece right? Yeah, oh yeah, his niece uh, Stephanie. Stephanie, Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie Draper. And, you know that was he's on a plane. He's on his way. He's going to go. He's going to take care of Stephanie. You know, I mean, it's just interesting to see those moments and how glaring they are. But the overarching, uh, the overarching uh, character is not. He's very selfish. He's very self-involved, mm-hmm. and we all respond very positively to that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do want to before I mean, before we move on to this stuff, I wanted to jump back and and, and really just briefly touch on because we didn't touch on Lou. Lou's v- oh, very yeah. brief demise, especially in contrast to Don. You're a hired you hand. Know. I don't owe you anything. I mean, that was so satisfying after mm-hmm. seeing Lou just right. be such a button pusher oh, yeah. the whole time. You know, and to have him go in there like it was it was, it was such a transition. It was such a thing in the end of an era. You know, we had a budget. It was the end of Lou's era. He 
even came in like, look, man, like I, you know, I, I, I built cigarettes. I built my whole career in cigarettes. Like Don Draper erases that one one meeting, the Don Draper dinner show. Harry's like, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, like, and go away now. And it's in this false sort of sense that Lou had of like, I'm running this department. I'm the guy. You were never the guy. Yeah, never no, you're just guy. a dude. You're adequate, like he said. Mm-hmm. You're just a dude who's there. So Don's the real guy. Even 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 Harry in that moment. I'm sorry. Even um, Cutler. Cutler in that moment had to you know sort of realize that you know, look. You're just yeah, get out of here. I'm that running. was my favorite thing Cutler did the entire. Episode. It was great. Mm-hmm. Like, you're but, a hired I mean, man. What, we don't owe you anything, yeah. right? Whether that was you know about you know him him you know getting his vision of Harry creating the computer, or whether that was just about like telling Lou like you know who you are. It was very satisfying, and I felt a little bit sad for Lou, but at the same time like you know no. he'll go not off in the least <laughs> bit. He'll sad for Lou for he'll he'll go make uh, what's what's the the comic book he does? Oh. oh. Yeah. I, I don't even remember. Scout? That's yeah. that. Yeah, Scout's, Scout's honor. honor. Maybe Scout's we'll honor. Up, now maybe this is a chance to go out and make Scout's honor. <laughs> yeah. so. I was like, I don't even care. That's like, I don't <laughs> yeah. even care what what it's called. That's how little I yeah. care about Lou. Yeah. So go ahead, um, I'm Lou. Yeah. <laughs> so I know it's okay. It's it's always good to laugh about Lou's demise. Poor Lou. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, uh, Don has an evening to think about this, and all the partners start gathering in Roger's office. Uh, too late for Harry. Uh, He's not yeah. a partner. Not a poor Harry. He keeps oh. trying to butt in on these partners meetings. He's so partner meeting, partner. get out. You're not a partner. Yeah, yeah. too late. You could have done it. So uh, you know, Roger lays out uh, this this grandmaster plan. Like uh, for sixty five million dollars, you know, is what they think that we're worth. You know, Jones five percent worth one and a half million. And then uh, I love Pete's ecstatic. I have ten <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, immediately a lot of folks yeah. are on board. You know, we're going to be independently operated. Uh, I'm going to be the president. And, you know, it's going to work out. And, of course, Jim puts up a fight. Um, you know, this is this is a farce. This is, again, you know, dinner theater. Why should we care? We've, we've got a good agency. And also, Ted wants to retire. And you need Ted. Um, and, you know, Don puts his vote in. He wants to go for it. And uh, everyone stands to make a lot of money. And I love, like, P- Pete and Joan being like, how selfish. You're You're so selfish to Ted <laughs> yeah. when they're yeah. just thinking about, about their themselves. money. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, Joan's face lit up in a way I've never seen it light up before. When mm-hmm. she, she got wind of that money. It's like, oh, my God, that's a lot. Well, maybe she'll like Don more now that she's getting her money back. I, I should so. hope so. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It was also <laughs> very, like, I mean, at the end of the day, this, this kind of showed, uh, you know, um, who... Cutler was because it, it was you know he was this big, this big villain, but in the day he's just a businessman. It's like yeah. it was never emotional for this guy. He had no real. I mean, either he did read Don the Right Act. At the end of the day, he's like, well, okay, I wanted only wanted a computer because it was the best way to do business. I only wanted Lou because he's adequate. And we're trying to move forward. Now I have all this money. Okay, I'll do that. It's yeah. a lot of money. I'm not going to fight. It's a lot of you money. Know, yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not very emotional about these things. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's it's a beautiful moment, you know. We we finally we reach an accord. Everyone's happy with it. Uh, Peggy comes up to Don and she lets him know we got Burger Chef. Uh, I, I it would have been too saccharine, but I wanted to be like, you got Burger Chef. <laughs> it didn't need to be said. Right. And she's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going back to work. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Roger relays the good and the bad news, uh, and I assume they read the poem, "Oh Captain, My Captain," mm-hmm. as uh, Jim Cutler wanted them to do. And, uh, you know, Don's about to go back to his office when he hears uh, Bert Cooper call out to him from the stairs. And there he is in his socks in all of his glory. Yes. And uh, he has, he does this musical number where he sings uh, the song, All the Best Things in Life are Free. Um, and, uh, you know, very, very uh, timely because it talks about the, how the moon belongs to everyone. Now, I want to try to unpack what's going on here. Because some people personally feel... Like obviously, on Mad Men, we've had dream sequences and fugue states, but they've been motivated by what's going on with a character biologically. It hasn't been completely separate from reality. There's no medical reason as to why Don should be having this vision of this musical number. So a lot of critics felt that maybe it was a little too... It, it was a little too indulgent. It too was, cute. you know, yeah, it was sending off a, a beloved character and a wonderful actor and making reference uh, to his uh, his past, you know, experiences with, with song and dance. Um, Robert Morse, uh, uh, you know, has, has had his share of musicals. And, uh, you know, I personally took it 
as a combination of things. And I want to know how you all feel and whether or not you agree. I feel like it was Don allowing himself to mourn a friend and to grieve in a way, in, a, in an uncharacteristically uh, not Don Draperish way. Um, celebrating who, uh, who Bert was and also maybe having him realize for the first time that all the best things in life, you know, are free. That it's not about the money. It's not about prestige. It's not about necessarily, you know, being the, the, the biggest agency or, or getting a car or whatever. The opportunity to do what he loves is the most important thing in the world, even if it meant that he had to write tags and write coupons and do all of this, you know, potentially humiliating stuff to get back there. He now has the opportunity to do the thing that he loves. It doesn't matter how much money. Yes, he has enough money to live, but the opportunity to live out your dreams and to do what you love to do is maybe far more valuable and more fulfilling for a life than all the trappings of a family or of a businessman. I I loved it for every for I, I loved it. I mean, I get the, the critics who said, you know, it was a little indulgent and blah blah, and a sort of off off theme and off mm-hmm. spectrum. But I, I just I loved it for every. I thought for I thought it worked in, within the context of the episode for Don to have this moment of which you said this this self real this moment of sort of seeing all his own send off, if you will, to, to Bertram Cooper and and also the message that's song the best things life life for free. But also like you can break the fourth wall or fifth wall, whatever it is, and also it's a great send off to Robert. Morris, like you said, an mm-hmm. old time song and dance man doing his thing. Yeah, he won I Tony love, Award winner. I love seeing that. I love yeah. seeing that. And I thought the I thought the number was was affecting and beautiful. And I thought it was great the way it ended. And then he he Don sort of just sat on the desk and took it all in. I I, I loved it. I you know, and again my third time I got misty. You know I. I gotta say, it's, it's very rare for me to watch a musical number and not kind of want to throw things at the at the stage of the T. I really have a tough time with musicals. Really, I, I really do because a lot of times you're a guy up as your sta- man of the stage, and my and my wife's musical theater actress. But for I, for yeah, I was, sometimes you watch them, there's just no reason for you to be singing. Uh, just <laughs> shut up and say it. What whole, do you? Full point of music, right? I know. But I, I always feel the best work is when is 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 when it's it's a motivated song, and this felt to me like it was needed, and it felt like it totally worked. Yeah. Like, okay, Don, you're back to work. You got all the stuff lined up. You got you got you got your marriage just fell apart uh, again. And here's the truth from a guy who went through all of it, did it all. I've been wealthy for longer than you've been alive. I've had money for longer than you've been on this planet. Here's the truth, and that it don't matter. That's not what this is about. Yeah. And 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 you know, obviously, it's not really Bertram doing it. It's Don having a self realization. Whatever. Wonderful. I thought it was terrific, and uh, and I kudos to everybody. I didn't love it, but I didn't mind it. Okay, <laughs> but, but I don't. I did read some critics that said they predict that it's going to be a, become a recurring thing where Bert comes in and like sing. Does no, like, no. no. If that happens, I swear I will not watch the show. Uh, the, the magical Bert comes in. I read that in several articles. People are predicting that, and I just really oh, hope okay. that does not happen. No. I, I hope not. What, All right. you, what did you think? Of it? I, I, I personally, I was surprised when I saw it. Upon the second viewing, I enjoyed it more because I, I felt like, okay, I can understand why this would be motivated by character right. and what he's getting out of it. Right. right. And, and, and what that message means to Don. I appreciate that. Maybe it could have been done in a more subtle fashion yeah. or, you know, given us more of a reason for this thing to occur. It just kind of comes out of nowhere, which is uncharacteristic for the show. But, you know, Matthew Weiner makes these decisions, you know, Refreshing. for a reason. He he wrote such a fantastic episode. Even my mild confusion at why it wasn't better set up doesn't mar what I thought was a really standout installment. I gotta say, the right. way he the way he finished it was terrific. He closed the door of the office, and, and, and the mini Don walks right by. Yeah, and and I was just like, coom coom coom, yeah. reality's right back. And then yeah. Don, I mean, we we don't see it, but I'm pretty sure he starts to cry. It's yeah. it's like it's it's perfect. It's All right. Let's go to predictions. Yeah. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. I forgot the lights went off. Oh, my God. I'm having a seizure. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, I, we're, we're four of the luckiest people in the entire world. And it's one of those things, you know, that the best things in life are free. We don't have to pay to review one of the finest series that's ever aired on TV. Sure. And we Indeed. only have seven episodes left, mm-hmm. all of them airing next year. 
what do we want to see next year? I'll, I'll say mine right at the top. Do it. I, I'm all about seeing Don's existential journey come to a satisfying close. That's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see Peggy reunite with her son or her daughter. We don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Um, I would uh, I would love to see Roger become the the leader that he was always meant to be, but always squandered his potential to be. You're um, stealing all of my predictions. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> going to take them all. Yeah. Uh, and I want to see Pete accept that you know he doesn't need to be married and he can be whoever he wants to be, and that the office is where he belongs. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I will, I'll go next. I guess. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I yeah we, we we know that you know Matthew Weiner. Pretty much said he blew his wad. No more bullets in the gun for season six. He thought season six was going to be the last season. So his plan for the finale was season six is the way he wanted it to end. So everything we're seeing in season seven is like, all right, we got to do something else. Extra. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So so it, it's interesting, and he's doing a fantastic job in right. continuing yeah. the story that was not that was meant to end in season six. So I just I'm concerned because I feel like this was such a wonderful ending and such a happy ending. This felt like again the end of the show. I'd have been very satisfied. What this back half is going to be, I feel like the other shoe has to drop, and I don't want to see it go too dark. I know we have to create more drama and more drama for them to get out of, but I don't want to see it go too dark. I mean, Matthew Weiner's from The Sopranos. I just want everyone to be happy. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. So I, I want to see Don continue to be selfless and continue his legacy, and I want to see Peggy on top of everything happening. Yes. Yes. I, I guess, yeah. I want to see. I want to see Don get involved in his kids. I want to see him, you know, care about care about the family he started. Um, and and I want. I, I guess for me, uh, I, I with this show, I almost don't like to predict anything. I like. I love so much watching it, and and I I I, I, I want to wax philosophical about it, but I do think it's the best show that's ever been on television. I think it every time I, I you know, and people are like, oh, it's about ad guys. People, yeah, we got friends that do anyway. But it's just, it's so. It's so well done. It's so it. I don't even like to predict. I like to just enjoy. That for mm-hmm. me, this I don't like to predict on the show. Fine, right. fine. Don't Fine. throw things at me. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, I'll, I'll throw one last one out there. I'd love to see Betty and Sally mend fences. I know it's not likely, but I'd like to see it even for just a moment. Sure. Um, all right. Now to take us out at the end of this season, we have uh, Bert Cooper singing "All the Best Things in Life Are Free," and Joe uh, doing a dance. Yeah. Dan- dance us out. Hold on. Let's get up on the yeah. table. <laughs> The moon on high, uh. they're great for you and me because they're free. And R.I.P. Bertrand Cooper. Boom. Boom. We'll see you all next year with the final seven episodes next of Mad year. Men. I know. <laughs> it's so Isn't that long. crazy? So long from now. Thank you all for joining us this season. It's been a real, real pleasure recapping these episodes for you. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed doing it. Uh, Joe Braswell, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe K. Braswell. And uh, look at you, you're rocking. Look at that, yeah. Joe Filippo. Like uh, you should could, sing it out. Sing uh, yourself out. You, you can find me on uh, on uh, on the Twitters at Joe Filippo, J O E F L I P O, and my website is josephsanfilippo.com. All right, and, and you Sterling. can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sterling Kate. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M A T T L I E B E R M A N. You can find me on YouTube on SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd, and you can find me here on AfterBuzz TV this summer recapping uh, AMC's new series Halt and Catch Fire, uh, Defiance, Under the Dome, uh, Playing House, Marin. I'm probably forgetting something else. Thank you all. We'll see you next year. Good night. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 